It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Rangers, your daily Texas Rangers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Bryce Paddock, here to tell you about Texas Rangers winning a series. They just took two out of three from the Los Angeles Angels of California, of Anaheim, of the United States, of North America, and things are looking much better for this Texas Rangers team than anticipated. They are doing better in the standings than the Houston Astros, which is just a lovely thing we should always enjoy, no matter how good we want the Rangers to be or if we want them to tank for a pick next year. Being better than the Astros is always a good thing, no matter what. The Rangers are 9-10. and 10, The Astros are 7-10. and 10. Things are going well for the Texas Rangers. Now, starting pitcher-wise, we had an interesting outing, again, from Mike Fultinevich, who was bit once again by the long ball. The long ball has been just absolutely terrible. Terrible for him this year. Outside of that, he's been very good. If he didn't give up long balls, he would be in one of the best pitchers in baseball so far this season. He's given up eight home runs in 22 innings, walked seven, struck out 22. So nine strikeouts per nine innings, fielding into pitching, fielding independent pitching of 6.77. His ERA is 5.32. He just has not been able to get around the long ball. Now, I do want to give him a little bit of a pass just on yesterday's game because the home runs he gave up were to Mike Trout and Shohei Otani and Justin Upton. Three absolutely dominant long ball hitters. Justin Upton, not as much so in recent years, but is really starting to tick up. And I mean, giving up a home run to Mike Trout, it happens. It literally happens to just about everybody who faces him. Same with Shohei Otani. Otani has been marvelous at the plate this year and a lot of fun to watch. Um, Also a lot of fun to hit against. Um, The Rangers did a good job of hitting against him, getting him out after four innings. And they've been very, very patient as a team. Um, this has been a team that I didn't expect to be um, have as bad of power numbers as they did, mainly just from Joey Gallo, I thought would be supplying all the power numbers. But this team has done very, very well offensively in terms of working walks. They have Nate Lowe, who has nine walks. Um, they have Nick Solek, who has six walks. And then, of course, you have Joey Gallo, who has 20 walks now. His on-base is still above 450 at 455. The slugging is really dipping down. He still only has that one extra base hit. Just the one home run, seven RBI this year. His hitting 222 and slugging just 277. So therefore, the OPS is at 732. Now, I don't think it's time to be concerned yet because he's still not getting a darn thing to hit. But he is pushing a little bit more. The walks are still there, so that's good. But he needs to stop worrying about getting his his pitch to hit because the other hitters aren't really performing as much around him. Now, that's not as much the case anymore. Those numbers are definitely trending up. Nick Solak has been doing very, very well. Um, this season, he's turning it around, absolutely. Um, really have loved what I've seen from him so far this season, especially especially in the last seven games. In 25 at-bats during that span, he is hitting 400 with an on-base of 516 and slugging 760. He has three home runs of his four in the last seven games and has just been doing excellent, excellent work so far this season. Now, the last seven games have been really great for Nate Lowe as well, um, who really needs to have a very good offensive season because that's the entire reason that he's here. 
is just offense. 25 at-bats in that span he's hitting over the last seven games. He's hitting 280 on base of 419. That is excellent. And slugging 440. He has one home run in that span, five walks and six strikeouts. So things have been going pretty well for Nate Lowe as of late. He also had a big home run last night to follow up Adolis Garcia's home run, which I have been absolutely bearing the lead. Adolis Garcia is here to stay. I have been hesitant to talk about him before because I wasn't quite sure if he was going to stick up, if he was just going to be a nice, feel good for a couple weeks story. But I am convinced that Adolis Garcia is going to be on this roster definitely for at least through the end of the season. I think the Rangers would be dumb not to extend him after this season. They just need his bat. He has been a absolute lightning bolt for this team. He's been playing left field, right field, center field, and have played them all very, very well. He has three home runs, and every single one of those have been either to tie up the game or give the Rangers a lead. And almost all of them, I believe, have been late in the game as well. Um, last night, he or yesterday afternoon, sorry, my timing is all off, but the three o'clock start, it just it really messes with everything. But he had a big, big three-run home run late in the game to give the Rangers the lead when they've been trailing basically the entire game. Here it comes. Oh, Ooh, that up. ball well struck. High in the air. Deep center field. Gone! Garcia again! And Adolis has put the Rangers in front of the eighth inning. But it was huge. He was absolutely massive in that game for the Rangers. He was just pumped as he absolutely could be. And then he came up with the bases loaded later on with two outs and ended up popping a ball up. So not perfect, but he has been an absolute spark plug for this team. Right now he has a 0.7 war according to baseball reference, which puts him at second among position players, only behind um, Isaiah Counterfalefa, whose defense has been excellent again this season at shortstop, just like it was last year at third base. So therefore you can live with a little bit more of the offensive or a little bit less of the offensive production that he provides. Um, and you don't have to worry about him being an offensive negative so far. Um, but things are turning looking a little bit better for him offensively as of late. Um, he's really, really struggled to start the season. He's hitting 215 with an OPS under 600, but the last seven games, he's been a little bit better, um, but not by that much. Actually, check that. Looking back at the numbers, he has actually been worse so far. In the last seven games and 28 at-bats, he has eight strikeouts, no walks, um, and is hitting 179 with an on-base just over 200 and slugging at 250. The struggles have been not great for him offensively, and I think dropping him out of the leadoff spot is something that they should definitely look at. It is still less than 20 games into the season, so maybe don't Maybe don't do that if you want to stay confident in him. But the defense has been excellent. I was a little questionable about if he would be able to play as good a defense at shortstop as he has at uh, third base the last couple of years. But the defense has been excellent there. He really worked his tail off um, to be a good defender at third base when he was still catching for some reason. Um, but he has been doing very, very well defensively. But it might be about time, maybe after this next series, to see about putting him a little bit lower in the order, getting a little bit less pressure on him and put some of the guys who are, who are producing a little bit more, um, a little bit higher in the order, give them some at-bats and give Joey Gallo a little bit more cushion around him offensively. Now we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to look at um, 
a little bit more about what Adolis Garcia has been able to bring, what to expect from him, um, and a little bit of a look ahead at the next series against the White Sox. Right after this word from our sponsors. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. It has got 18 amazing flavors, including six new ones. You know the new ones. They are fantastic. Cookies and cream, cherry barcia, um, lemon almond cheesecake, even carrot cake, if, if that's your thing. Apple almond crisp as well. They've got all kinds of great stuff. Those bars, they're covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and super easy to chew. They're great for the health-conscious guy or gal looking to lose or maintain weight while indulging in an absolutely delicious treat. These bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high in protein, high in fiber, which means they are great for the keto diet. Best of all, our listeners can go to... Uh, BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you will get 15% off your next order. Go to use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. New game day shirt? Boom, cash back. Food for the tailgate? Boom, cash back. Even buying a round can earn you cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. In sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the win, but you know what's guaranteed to win? Discover Cashback Debit. Did I mention there are no fees, period? This one is a real game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. This year, the Locked On Podcast Network is partnering with the Draft Network to cover the NFL Draft Live. Get insight and analysis from Locked On local experts and the Draft Network's national experts. Subscribe to the Locked On NFL YouTube page to watch live three-day coverage of the NFL Draft, April 29th through May 1st. Now, let's look at this bullpen. This bullpen has been a little banged up, obviously. Um, Their top two guys, Jose LeClerc, and um, and Jonathan Hernandez. Sorry, I just need to take a moment just to just to reckon with the sadness that comes with mentioning Jonathan Hernandez and him not being um, a part of this bullpen this year because it's been upsetting that he's been hurt. Not any fault of his own. It's just things that happen. Um, but it's just sad he didn't get a chance to continue to improve his stock and live out his major league dream. He's just going to be on the shelf for. 12 to 15 months usually airs more towards the side of 15 months. And that's upsetting for anybody, especially for a guy who showed that much promise and has been so, so good so far this season. Now, Ian Kennedy, I think has been, been fine, more than fine, just good enough for what the Rangers needed him to do. Um, but I think the Rangers might be overtaxing Taylor Hearn just a little bit. His numbers aren't great so far this season. He's been excellent against lefties, banged up, uh, quite a bit against righties. He's really struggled with the long ball. Four home runs given up in 10.2 innings, seven games this um, season, and uh, nine walks is not great. But the 16 strikeouts are very impressive. Most of those have come against lefties, but those walks and home run numbers, you re- those are the two things you really, really can't get too crazy with as a reliever. You can get away with some of the walks, but four home runs in, in 10 and two-thirds innings is just not good enough Um for a reliever. Not that the Rangers are really expecting anything from the season, but <clears throat> I think Taylor Hearn's got a lot of life in him as a big league pitcher, as a big league reliever. I don't know about the starting pitcher. I think they've kind of tabled that experiment. Um, I think that might be over, but if you want to keep taxing him as a long relief guy, um, I just don't, I just don't see it. I don't see the value added in that. And I think you might be hurting him um, trying to get him to do two things as opposed to just being one kind of pitcher, just say, all right, just go out there, let it rip. 
and let it eat because he has got absolutely nasty stuff that can eat very well out of the bullpen. And I think just letting him go and do that is in his best interest. Now, Jolie Rodriguez has been excellent in outside of the first outing that he's had. He has five strikeouts in two and two-thirds innings. Um, I've really loved what I've seen from him so far. Has not been bitten by the long ball, has not given up a walk either. So things are going pretty well for him as well. Brett Martin has been banged up a little bit too. The lefties have kind of had a rough go of it so far. Um, Taylor Hearn, um, like I said, getting beat up. Um, Joey Rodriguez gotten beat up his very first um, outing. And Wes Benjamin is now not on the active roster. He is just on the 40-man, which that's disappointing. I really love what I saw from Wes Benjamin. But if you can't hack it, you can't hack it. And that's just kind of where the Rangers are. Um, Brett Martin has a 7.36 ERA in four games this season. Um, has not has only been hit by one long ball. Hasn't walked anybody, and has just struck out two in those three and two thirds innings. But John King has kind of supplanted them as the best lefty in the Rangers bullpen so far, outside of Giovanni Rodriguez. Um, he has a 1.13 ERA in seven games now. He has finished off two of them. He's thrown eight innings, so only one of those was multi-inning uh, relief. But he struck out seven, which I didn't think his strikeout numbers would be as impressive as they are. The one walk is nice, hasn't been bitten by the long ball yet, um, as most relievers have been. Um, Ian Kennedy allowed his second home run this season, um, but still has a 338 ERA in the Rangers pen and has not walked anybody. You absolutely love to see that from a guy who's going to be your closer this season, um, especially with so many guys on the outskirts. Now, we haven't seen Colby Allard in a little bit. He's still only pitched in the three games, but still sporting that 180 ERA. I'm wondering if, if they're going to keep using him as the sort of tandem starter. I think that role might work pretty well for Colby Allard, who's a guy who I'm not sure if he's a starter. I'm not sure if he's a reliever, but he's done whatever they're doing so far with him this season is working. And that is an exciting thing to see. Now we're going to take another quick break. When we come back, we're going to look ahead at this series weekend series with the White Sox, what has been going well for them, what the Rangers need to look out for right after this. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to get all, bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA and NHL and MLB are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. The ultimate mock draft of 2021, the NFL draft presented by Logged On and Odyssey is happening now. Featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Jason Lockenfora, and Brian Baldinger. Our local experts for every team making trades and picking the next stars of their team. Search the ultimate mock draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Odyssey is your audio home for all the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matters to you. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. Really hope Locked On Cowboys picks my boy, Patrick Sertarian, 
Patrick Sertan out of Alabama because I would love to have more Bama boys on the Cowboys. But this is not a Cowboys podcast. This is a Texas Rangers podcast, even though we're about to talk about the Chicago White Sox. Now, Chicago White Sox, a team that I picked to win the American League this year, a team that I still have great faith in, a team that is going to be missing Lance Lynn for a little bit. He has a shoulder injury, injury, a, trape- a strained trapezius, I believe it's called. Not a strained trapeze, um, not a strained trapeze artist, but a strained trapezius, trapezius, and that is a little worrisome to me. Lance Lynn has been the model of consistency for the last couple of years. When he was with the Rangers, he was a guy who never got hurt. Um, but the Rangers are happy to not see him, not to have to face off against him because he is a very, very dominant pitcher. Um, and missing him is going to be very nice for the Rangers. Um, another dominant pitcher the Rangers are going to miss seeing is a guy who just had a no-hitter, a near-perfect game, and a guy who's been immaculate this season, Carlos Rodon. Right now, he has started three games, has a 0.47 ERA in 19 innings. I say that again, 0.47. He's not the only one with a sub-1 ERA. Also, Lance Lynn, in three games so far this year, has pitched 19.2 innings, um, has a complete game, has a shutout, um, and has a 0.92 ERA, and has struck out 27 in just and one out fewer than 20 innings. So 27 batters struck out in 19 and two-thirds innings with an ERA plus of 458. That's 458. That's absolutely insane. He struck out over a third of the batters he's faced. He's faced 77 batters, struck out 27 of them. Carlos Rodon has struck out 24 batters in 19 innings, um, allowed eight walks. So the walks are a little bit of a problem there, but you know, nothing too bad when you've got a 0.47 ERA. Now the rest of this Rangers rotation or this uh, White Sox rotation, I should say, um, is not quite as good. That is why it's a big deal that the Rangers are going to miss Lance Lynn and Carlos Rodon. Um, these the other guys really need to step it up. Dallas Keuchel had an amazing year. Last year, um, finished in the top 10 of Cy Young voting. So did Lucas Giolito. Both those guys have been banged around pretty hard this year. Um, and four starts so far this year, Dallas Keuchel, who is 33 now, um, has pitched 19 innings. He has only struck out 10, which he was never a big strikeout guy. That's not really a surprise. But seven walks is a concern. Three home runs in that span is definitely a concern. Um, and a 568 ERA is not what you're looking for for this guy who did very, very well last year in a limited season, a guy who has won a Cy Young for some reason. I still don't know why he won that Cy Young back in 2015. I think that was a little bit much, but the two-time All-Star is definitely more than warranted. Um, He's in his second year in Chicago. Last year had a 199 ERA in 63 innings, um, struck out 42, and was just very, very good. Finished fifth in Cy Young voting and 17th in MVP voting, but he has just not been nearly as good. Um, The guy absolutely lives on command, so anything... So you'd think he'd age well because guys with command usually age well because that's the skill you need to pick up if you're dropping in velocity, which he was never really a big velo guy anyway. And his velo is definitely down this year. And so is his command. That's the concerning part for the White Sox. Lucas Giolito is a guy who was a number one prospect at the time, at a time, um, was a big part of the trade. Um, Gosh, I can't remember who was traded who he was traded for, looked that up really quick, but he's just 26. He's a guy who's still figuring things out, um, had a couple of arm surgeries, has dealt with some injuries, and, um, you know, it just hasn't quite lived up to the hype. Last year, he really, really looked like he was um, was living up to that hype. Um, yeah, he was traded by the Nationals. Um, he was picked 16th 
overall in 2012 um, out of high school um, and then was traded with um, Dane Dunning, Ronaldo Lopez for Adam Eaton back in 2016 um, by the Nationals. So last year he did very, very well finished in the top 10 of Cy Young voting. Um, was an all-star um, one year back in 2019, um, his age 24 season. He actually has finished back-to-back, um, had top top 10 Cy Young finishes in back-to-back seasons. Um, he had a 341 ERA 2019 and uh, pitched 176 and two-thirds innings. Um, also struck out 228. That strikeout stuff has been nasty for him. Last year, he only pitched in 72 and a third innings, but... Again, shortened season, 12 starts. That's a pretty good outing. And 97 strikeouts with a 348 ERA. Now, he has not been on that. He's been about on that same strikeout base, but the uh, run limiting has not been as good from him. He has a 579 ERA. So things have been a little concerning for White Sox fans um, facing this guy. He has been a little bit more hittable, which is good for the Rangers. Um, And Dylan Cease is also a guy who has struggled, who has struggled just a little bit this season. Um, he has pitched in uh, three games, started three games, only 14 innings, so averaging less than five innings to start. The strikeout stuff is there with 15 strikeouts, but walks are definitely a problem. So these guys who are having walk problems, that's really going to be a struggle for them against this Rangers offense, who has been incredibly patient. Nick Solak is a guy who has been walking quite a bit lately. Nate Lowe is a guy who has been almost overly patient. And Joey Gallo is not swinging at anything that's not in the zone this year. They're going to walk him quite a bit, and hopefully he will be able to feast on that. Um, Lucas Giolito has also been bitten by the long ball, three home runs in 18 and two-thirds innings this year. Um, The rest of the guys have not been beaten up too badly by the long ball. Actually, Lance Lynn and Carlos Rodon, I believe their only earned runs, have come off the home run. They both allowed one home run, um, and the only earned run that Carlos Rodon has allowed this year is on a solo shot. So those guys are what you need to look out for. For the White Sox, um, of course, they have their same very nasty lineup. Jose Abreu is really starting to figure it out. Had a bit of a struggle to start the season. Yasmani Grandal has a little has struggled a little bit as well to start the season. But um, they're young guys. Um, Nick Madrigal has been excellent to start the season, as as uh, Luis Robert. And Yerman Mercedes has been the absolute storm of the season for the White Sox. He has four home runs so far this season. Um, is hitting 390 with an on-base of 429 and has an OPS of 1090. He has been an absolute menace at the plate and has been absolutely bringing it for them offensively. It has been a sight to see for them and a guy that you really, really need to look out for when you're pitching against them. Now, Luis Robert has also been having a good year offensively, as has um, Tim Anderson, a guy who I really love. I think he's great for the game of baseball. He is their shortstop, 28 years old. If you don't know him by now, I don't know what you've been doing. He's won a batting title in his career um, and might win a batting title again this year. Right now, he's hitting 342. He's not a guy who walks a whole lot at all. He has zero walks so far this season, but only nine strikeouts, um, which is good to see in 38 plate appearances. Has an OPS just under 950. Um, but other than that, most of the guys have been struggling a little bit. Nick Madrigal is a guy who's going to hit for a lot of average, play decent at second base. Um, Luis Robert in the outfield has been very good. And Andrew Vaughn is a guy who absolutely can smack the snap out of the baseball, but he is still very young. This is his rookie year, um, but a guy who can definitely lay into one if one is 
a ball is tossed out over the plate. So maybe it's good that we're not going to see Mike Fulton-Evage in this series because they've got some guys who can absolutely go yard on a ball in Yasmani Grandal, Jose Abreu, Tim Anderson, Yola Mancata, Andrew Vaughn, and Yerman Mercedes. Um, also, old friend Luis Leary Garcia is still on this team. Also, old friend of the Rangers, Nick Williams, is now on this team on the active roster. He is 27 years old now, which makes me feel incredibly old. And Larry Garcia, fun fact, is the longest tenured White Sox on this roster. Doesn't that seem super, super weird? It felt like just not too long ago that he was on the Rangers. Also a guy to look out for is um, Michael Kopech, um, a guy who has been doing very, very well for them this season. Has only pitched in five games and started one of those, but has a 169 ERA. Um, has struck out 17 batters and 10 and two thirds innings. The guy I definitely think is going to play quite a bit for them in the future and going forward. The guy's got a nasty, nasty fastball. Also, they're out there. Um, the relief core, old friend from across the division, Liam Hendricks is now on this team. He's not done super well, has a 405 ERA in seven games so far. The rest of their bullpen has also has a above four ERA in uh, Cody Hewer, um, Evan Marshall. Aaron Bummer has been a little bit better for them, and uh, Garrett Crochet as well have been some of their more effective relievers along with Jose Ruiz and Michael Kopech. But we've gone more than over time. I'll be back with an episode with Grant either tonight or tomorrow. And then tomorrow I'll have an episode talking about the new MLB The Show, some things that I think they can improve. Just if you're looking to get it, I can let you know if it's worth your money because I've been playing it for the last couple of days and I definitely have some strong opinions. We'll have some even stronger opinions tomorrow. So that's going to do it for today's episode. And until next time, don't forget to enjoy baseball. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 